that you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 25th of February 2021. In today's episode, we'll be chatting about the unexpected discovery of a forgotten rare game, Konami outsourcing development for two major IPs, the PlayStation VR 2 just got announced, and this is what we know so far, Activision Blizzard's latest direct, a new indie game inspired by Rocket League. Twisted Metal, Micro Machines, and Rock and Roll Racing, two spiritual successors arriving from the Sega Classics Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio, the Amico's delay, the Google Stadia issues, the nostalgia for the upcoming Sonic 2 movie, and finally, our Kickstarter chit-chat all about the latest Paprium issues. All of that and more on today's episode with my co-host Grizzly Cryden and guest star Mike Towns. If you like the podcast and you want to be in for a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover, then please do let us know in the dedicated room over on Discord. But right now, let's get on with the show. So, we've got quite a lot to get through here today, so we'll jump straight into one of the most incredible topics. I'm so, so happy about this, and uh, yeah. it's good that we've got Grizzly in here as well. I'm um, sorry, Mike Towns in here with this one as well. So, guys, uh, moving this over, I'm just doing one last little thing here. Here we go. So, here we go, guys. For topic number one, we are talking about Rare- Rareware's Dinosaur Planet for the N64 finally being released and uh my god this is this is exciting stuff this is one of the earlier things i remember looking into i was quite a fan of star fox adventures if i'm honest i know it wasn't a proper star fox game blah 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 but thank thank you for saying that dude people hate on that game way too much they do they do absolutely and i can guarantee now now that this is out um, people will change their opinions it's it's what nintendo fans do and i'm not hating anyone i'm a big nintendo fan but everyone hates the mario movie now for all of a sudden it, it, it seems to have like a massive following people seem to love the (laughs) the the terrible um mario movie and um people were hating on star fox adventures and now people are going to start loving it although i thought star fox adventures is actually a pretty good game so let's talk about this uh mike towns you've actually been playing through this quite a bit haven't you uh yeah i've got like the first couple hours in okay okay and give us give us a review uh because I'm not playing it on an Evercart or something, it crashes every now and then, and like one time I fell, <clears throat> I fell through the floor. But right, like for a game that's not almost or pretty much all, almost done, it's pretty good. Yeah. So for people that don't know the history, um, this is a. Uh, it was by Rare, obviously. This is a, uh, a, a an RPG adventure type game, and basically, it was Shigeru Miyamoto, I believe, that basically said, "Oh, we should change it and put the Star Fox characters in there." he did they did and uh this was the version for the n64 that basically was the death of that changeover to the star fox characters um people in here can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that's the the, the basic of its history um and basically now it has that n64 version has come to light it's not 100 percent there as mike town said there are a couple of issues but it's pretty much a completed new n64 game uh coming to an alibaba near you <laughs> i saying that like i really want to get an everdrive now yeah just to get it like perfectly because the game looks amazing like there's one little cavern i went into mm-hmm. and it it looked like a dreamcast game oh wow 
Yeah, I've got to say, this is very impressive. I mean, this game was originally supposed to be the last hurrah for the N64. To come out after Conker's Bad Fur Day, it was supposed to be Rareware's last release um, for the the system. And it really does show, I mean, the the graphics are are so impressive. I mean, if you look at Mario 64 or any N64 game with the the 3D 3D graphics, you'll... You'd barely recognise this no. as any, being anything close to it. So it's just supremely impressive. And as as Dan says, this war, this build that's been released by Forest of Illusion, which is a collector's group that releases ROMs, they're all about um, preservation yep. of Nintendo's history. Although, of course, that also leads to other things which go into. Um, <laughs> they've they uh, they purchased this game from a Swedish collector. Um, and it's a build from 2000. So this was just at the time where main characters uh, Saber and I believe Kite was the other name uh, for the for the female character uh, later become Crystal. It's a that they started calling it Crystal in this version. Oh right, so it partially partially things have changed, but you also see where Star Fox is being referred to as Saber. And yeah, that was one of the weirdest parts. They're like. Now here's Saber's adventure, and then suddenly he's like, "I'm I'm like one of the knights of the Lilat system," and I'm like, "He's got a sword and everything." Like, yeah. So straight after this, um, this would have been all upscaled to a GameCube release, and uh, it's just amazing that it, it even runs on the N64. I mean, the frame there is a lot of speech in it too. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. at this point they were masters of that platform, and it really does show here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do want to. Uh, it's not going to be my twenty uh, twenty one year, but uh, I want. I, I want to do a year where, at the end of it, I can say this was my year to try and get into the N sixty four. It's the one console that I've never had any love for whatsoever. There are literally one, possibly two games that I quite like: um, Sin and Punishment. You know, a couple of others, things like that. But F Zero X is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, and I I, I, I want to get an imported N64 and uh, get a load of import games and actually play through some of this stuff. And um, this is ah, oh, this would be a great first step to be to be playing on this uh, something like this. It's, it, it, it's just an it's it's a very very exciting day for people that like video game history and especially from one of the big companies like a Nintendo first party game here. Um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's very very cool. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts so far, like three playing it, has been trying to remember what was in the original game and what's in this. Cause it is like, especially the start was very similar. And mm-hmm. when you first meet tricky, there's a line I always liked in star Fox adventures, which was I'll get my dad to bash you up. And he says it in it. <laughs> uh, didn't they, I'm, I'm trying to remember back from when I played star Fox adventures and it wasn't long after it came out and I don't think I've played it since, but didn't they um, have uh, obviously not as good, but little mini star Fox sections in the middle between the planets as you go towards the different yeah, planets. And like a, the last boss too. Okay, okay. And did that um anything like that in this? No, nah, just that start bit with a crystal and the um pterodactyl. But that's okay. That one's pretty much exactly the same. But I haven't come across any more like shooting sections. Hopefully, I do though. Like there was um in Star Fox Adventures, there's like a speeder race you do against these two like dinosaur grunt dudes, and that's in there. Sure, sure. Well, uh, like I say, exciting day for, for 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 people that like this this sort of stuff, and um, yeah, classic classic retro gaming fans, which I know those sort of people are on my channel. Yeah, this is nothing but great news. Uh, excellent, and um, now it's probably the time I need to get on my, get off my ass and get this Star Fox complete history done. So okay, I've got something new to talk about yeah. now. <laughs> absolutely, plus, um, absolutely. The Golden Eye one coming out the other week. It's like part of my childhood. Just like 
being reissued. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if Rareware is secretly releasing all of this so that they can turn around and say, yes, we do you remember when, when you loved us, guys? When we were good. Yeah. Connected Ventures, <laughs> too. What, um, what else is there to, to, to be released like this? Oh wow! I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a few things. I mean, I think the one to look out for would be that adventure game they were making for the Super Nintendo, which later became Banjo Kazooie. Um, that was quite oh, yeah. a transformation, wasn't it? But that's mm-hmm. that's the last big thing, I imagine. I reckon yeah, there's yeah. going to be either a some kind of build of Banjo Three E out or a second Conquer. Like not too much of a Conquer game, but I could see that leaking. Lovely. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, there you go. Uh, uh, like I say, exciting stuff for retro gamers and um, uh, what an absolute gem for this sort of thing to come out. Great job, everyone involved, and I'm so happy that guy in Sweden who had this in his collection was nice enough to let it go. I'm sure he let has a go. copy still. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They don't have sure. the... Um... They don't have the dinosaur planet language in this one either. They all talk English, which was like almost jarring. Yeah, that that was uh, quite some babble they had going on there. Kunodu bubu general scales and there you that's go. It. That's it. Yeah. So moving over to topic number two, Konami is outsourcing development for Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid. Um, uh, it's recently come up. Here's an IGN article about that. But Grizzly, do you want to take the, the lead with this one? Yeah, so there's been, uh, from Video Games Chronicle, they are seem to be releasing a bunch of details about Konami and the outsourcing projects that they're doing. So they were recently having an interview with Bluebird team who had just finished work and released the medium for uh, Xbox platforms. And uh, they seem to be working uh, with a high-profile developer on a horror title. Um, and there's very few... Um, horror titles out there which could be considered high profile that aren't Resident Evil these days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so while they could be working on something completely unrelated, um, a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon that they are working on a Silent Hill. And it also seems sounds the reason that uh, Konami are working with other developers on the likes of Metal Gear Solid. And also um, a game which we're not supposed to talk about because Dan is probably sick of hearing um it's <laughs> hearing the name of it but castlevania has been mentioned as yeah. well so it sounds to What's me like Konami explains me what a castlevania is dan <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me about castlevania i think we need to look for a uh an hour-long video which is followed up two hour long months. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite quite mad um but in terms of uh what konami have always like been uh kind of blamed for sitting on their uh, franchises and they've been doing so for so long, um, it's great to finally see that there's something, at least, that could be coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Now, the success story of outsourcing projects like this, especially for large-scale games, and Konami has done this in the past, hasn't really worked out to to anything, but I think Silent Hill fans are just looking for anything at this point. Yes. So we'll we'll see how it goes, if it, well, yeah. if it comes to anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you got anything to add on this one, um, uh, Mike? Uh, not too much. It would be like good if they took PT and they kept working on it or something like that. Like even getting readers back. Like, not sure what he's doing after the training's done. But that's the thing. I don't think they'd bring. No- I don't think Norman Reedus would want to be in it. I mean, he sounds to me like one of those guys, uh, like Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, who was so um, like loyalty, hurt, so hurt by his 
um, involvement being essentially battered away by Konami. Yes. Uh, he pledged never to work on a video game um, a video game project again because it's yeah. happened to everything he's ever done. Um, and then Norman Reedus, of course, I mean, it's one of my favorite jokes in the video game industry is just how Powell, uh, Buddy Buddy, Buddy Buddy, that uh, uh, Hideo Kojima and Norman Reedus are. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think he would do it out of principle, but I could see something like the first person angle coming back because, well, they, they're probably sitting on a bunch of assets that they should use. It's just sure. a question as to whether that original vision that made PT so, I don't know, so hype worthy would be carried over into a, an outsourced project. And it remains to be seen. I reckon if they got like the, the devs behind like a major or something, they could do something pretty good with it. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that would be the obvious choice, wouldn't it? Going with someone who's got some clear cojones in this thing. But with Bloober Team, if it is these guys, I don't think I've ever seen anything of theirs being considered great and good for sure. I mean, the medium got some fair, fair reviews. Um, you also had the Blair Witch Project, which some people liked, some people absolutely hated. forgot about that. Yeah, um, but Blooper Team, I don't know. Silent Hill is this supposed legendary series where it's got a very like driven artistic direction. It's got some of the most interesting um interesting plot points going i don't know if they could do it but i'd like to be proven like the thing was a wee one or something like that that wasn't too good well <laughs> we don't talk about that one. <laughs> so moving over to topic three the playstation vr2 has been announced uh there's um actually uh talk on the new controller as well um uh the new controller will feature some haptic features of the dual sense um you know it's all good I, i know the uh playstation 5 controller is going through a little bit of problems at the moment but when it's working my god is that a good controller that is the best controller i've ever had held ever love that controller so it's really nice to have that sort of thing coming to the playstation vr um love that love it so much um you will only require one cable now to get connected and put potentially that being a USB C, uh and it won't be launching in 2021 um uh more announcements will be coming though i did actually uh, uh there was an up, a free upgrade you could do if you had the psvr to be able to get a lead for them to, for it to work on your playstation 5 i haven't actually tested my vr my PlayStation 4 VR on my PlayStation 5. Um, have you got a, a, a VR there, Grizzly? I do. Um, I was one of the few guys on uh, PlayStation Country to get one um, as soon as it came out so I could get um, some sweet, sweet review games. Um, yeah. It's great. It's a great piece of hardware. Um, and the one most important thing that PlayStation VR did was brought the price of VR down to a consumer level. Mm-hmm. And that, that shouldn't be understated, really, because at that point, VR headsets were about £500 at least for an Oculus Rift, even more if you want to divide, or nowadays with the index being at a grand. Um, it's great That's to the see that. that with it. Yeah, definitely. And it's great to see that Sony are continuing with the strategy, um, that they want to keep VR going. They still believe in it. And uh, all of the previous games, of course, being compatible, you get new controllers. Needed to get away from those PlayStation Move things because those things were inaccurate as all hell, and they didn't have analog sticks, so you missed out on so many different experiences. Yes, I'm really looking. I never, never really thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
Mm. I mean, when you when you're playing games like um, what you had Skyrim and Fallout VR, you couldn't do the traditional movement. And I don't know why they didn't just use the move navigation controller because that's a thing that exists. Um, but you know, it's it's Sony. They don't like doing things by the book. Um, that's just what they do. I'm hoping it doesn't cost the earth, but I am looking forward to seeing what kind of things they bring to the table this time around. And hopefully we start to see some really big titles coming out for it. Absolutely. Did you jump on the uh, PlayStation uh, VR bandwagon there, Mike? Uh, no, but a few friends had uh, picked it up. And I think the first thing I tried was the Star Wars game that came with it. Like, I think it was okay. part of, oh, that's part of one of the few ones I haven't tried, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Star Wars game was the that was a freebie that was part of Battlefront, if I remember right. rightly. And then they did uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which was probably the last VR game on PlayStation I tried. Um, I still need to play that. It's so good, especially like, in VR because you get that full cockpit feel. Um, I love like Rogue Squadron and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's well up your alley for that. Um, I'm just hoping that they they commit to the experience side of it more rather than trying to consoleize it and make it a bit more streamlined with standard controllers. I want to see some of that simulation feel come out. I mean, they got these are the guys behind Gran Turismo. You got uh, Star Wars Squadrons, of course, where you got the full cockpit. So why isn't there a compatible hotter stick? So funny when you say that the hotter stick Um, (laughs) that works with VR. It would have been great, but I don't know. Maybe that's what they'll uh, they'll actually do this time. We don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, they do make another PC. That'll be cool with VR. Uh, you got Sir Boring Old Fart in the chat saying that he hopes Resident Evil 8 comes to VR. I hope it doesn't. I had Resident <laughs> Evil 7. I was sitting on that for so long. And I've only completed it quite recently, actually. Um, we're talking within the last month or so. And um, I'm so scared of those games in VR. Like, it's, it's <laughs> fully another dimension. Like, I am... T- terrified when playing those games um yeah yeah big time big time i i, that, I, I just can't handle them but that's, that's where vr What's the name really of the call, lady? um eh, i don't know i've completely forgotten all yeah, i remember like a, a nine foot woman in vr that'd be insane <laughs> <laughs> they should my god can you imagine it can you imagine it? I, I, and it, there'll there'll be a free upgrade for it or, or a paid upgrade for it oh yeah 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 you know it's happening you know, I'm, it's I'm I'm with boring old fart on this one. I played through Resident Evil Seven and completely in VR. I was yeah. terrified, but what VR's really good at is those horror games. And they I are. I just wish they weren't all horror games. Like, give me a nice, give me oh, I don't know, Super Mario World in Pikmin. Give me Pikmin in VR. <laughs> <gasps> oh, and there there's one more thing that we uh, we may be forgetting. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about a certain uh, rhythm action game that's getting a yeah. follow up that did really, uh, really well Channel 5. VR. I'm thinking Res. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, comes with um, a vibrating headset you put on your groin. <laughs> if it, if a trance um, vibrator. If you, if you haven't uh, listened to the past few podcasts, first, firstly, how dare you? And <gasps> second, um, we, we talked about um, a follow-up to Res, uh, which is coming to PS5. They talked about using haptic features, and now that there's a PSVR headset coming out, um, I fully expect that to be supported as well. So I am well mm-hmm. in on PSVR 2. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Now, moving over to our next topic, and again, I'm going to be giving this one to you, Grizzly. Uh, you wrote out these articles, and um, this is, uh, I, I don't know too much about this one, but I will be jumping in at the end and kicking off about uh, rock and roll racing. But tell us yes. about a bit more about Blizzard Arcade. So this one's full of P- the, the PC gamers, really. Um, mm-hmm. So Activision Blizzard did their own take on a direct. It seems to be the in thing right now, as we saw from PlayStation State of Play. It makes um, so much sense, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it it works. And I think um, developers have just realized now that they don't need to pay for a fancy stage and a massive stream. Um, They can just do little snippet videos, put all of their trailers in that they can fully rehearse their lines. So there's none of that cringe. And then they just um, they they just show people what they want to see. It's a a great thing. So I think I'm involved with digital help evolve that, too. Oh, definitely. And it means they can do those, oh, it's out now kind of things. And it's yeah. uh, really, really quick. It's that reveal. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's really great about the Blizzard, uh, BlizzCon line, as they called it, um, is that they released a bunch of things that I don't think many people were expecting. So we got the a arcade re-release of uh, Rock and Roll Racing, Lost Vikings, yeah. and Blackthorn. Blackthorn. These are great. Um, these are old titles that very few people would have thought of and necessarily even played back in the day, but they are tried and true retro classics, especially Lost Vikings. They are, they really are. Yeah, especially uh, Lost Vikings and Rock and Roll Racing, which has more um, stolen music in it than you can line wire, <laughs> I think. Um, but just hearing a 16 bit rendition of Highway Star is just brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. great little title. Down, 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 down. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised that, um, what's the name of the third game on there? Uh, I used to own it on SNES. Blackthorn, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that's on there. Like That seems not... Like, it was pretty good from memory, but not quite Rock and Roll Racing and Lost Vikings good. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just surprised they didn't go as far as putting Justice League on there, the, the Mega Drive game, because that's a little-known Blizzard title uh, that didn't do so well. More will be coming. More will yeah. be coming. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, secondly... Um, a big one for the PC nerds from the 90s, that includes myself. Uh, Diablo 2 is coming out on PC and console. And Switch included. That is indeed coming out for the Switch. Yes. And that's something to be very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, All updated, lovely graphics. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of my um, one of my favorite things is that they're going to be doing um they're going to be doing some cross uh, saving. So that means if you're playing on Switch, then that means you can go back to your PC and then um, and then you can carry on where you left off. And yep. that's a feature that's coming into Diablo 2 and Diablo 4. And most importantly as well is that they're going to be bringing it out this year. So there's not long to wait. And Diablo uh, Diablo 2 is just a brilliant game and everyone should play it. If you've yeah, never Diablo played 2 is a classic. Yeah. And the good thing is, of course, it includes uh, the expansion content. Now, this is where I would go into something about World of Warcraft, but it truly would stop becoming Slopes cast and be more of a Grizzly cast. So I think I'm going to stop there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I know, so, so basically, I watched the uh, South Park episode, the infamous South Park World of Warcraft episode. Um, and I watched it, and that was basically an advertisement for me to buy it. And I bought it for myself. I played it for about an hour, maybe. T- no, no, I played it for about four hours in total, I reckon. And I was like, I can understand why this is uh, addictive. And then I never played it one other time ever. But my sister did, 
and um yeah i uh that 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 thing i bought that that world of warcraft that lost a lot of hours of her life um <laughs> big time it's a dangerous dangerous game world of warcraft because if you get into it it's very hard to get back out mm-hmm. and um they just just to cut the long story short they're re-releasing um the burning crusade which is the first expansion release for world of warcraft i remember so they, getting that <laughs> they're, they're doing they're doing a, a classic thing again um that's the touch point for when i joined the, the game and i'm i'm sure i'm going to relapse at some point and you reckon just, just just note the 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 term the language term that i just used there it's not i'm gonna go back and give it a go or i'm gonna go for a bit of a nostalgia burst i'm going to relapse and probably relapse hard mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but i'll try not to because you know adult now um so just to go into other Activision news, of course, uh, this week, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater f- um, 1 and 2 remake was uh, is going to get a update as well. Uh, so this yes, wasn't yes, yes. part of the BlizzCon line, but it's a great update. And we saw Crash 4 get some yep. more uh, information in State of Play. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for people out there that wasn't watching, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Crash is coming to other consoles. Uh, that was what was announced earlier on in the week. But uh, Sony came out fist swinging and started their state of play, talking about how much better it's going to be on the PlayStation 5. With an upgrade, it definitely doesn't sound like it's going to be free. Otherwise, it definitely would have pushed on that. Um, but yeah, 60 frames, 4K, it does look absolutely stunning. We, we are 100% in the realms now. And I, you always say it in the beginning of the next, whatever the next generation may be, but we're getting so close to your playing an animated movie now. It looks so good. Really, really nice, beautiful animation in that game. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's happening. But also what was announced, and uh, I'll get the trailer up here, was a new game called Heavy Metal Machines, which is coming on PlayStation 4 and obviously PlayStation 5. Now, this is interesting because this is a mix of three different games. The most obvious one instantly they're taking inspiration from is Twisted Metal. Guy up in the sky offering, I I think he's offering gifts or whatever to like these terrible mass murdering car uh, uh, demolition derby type characters down on the uh, down on the ground. So that's very twisted metal with a dude in the blimp. Oh, yeah. Very, 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 very twisted metal. But. When you actually look at the gameplay, it's more of a top-down Micro Machines meets uh, rock and roll racing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, very, very rock and roll racing heavy. Obviously, you've got the, like, the heavy metal music playing as well. Obviously, massive staple. Um, and then, if you want to go even further, it's got a bit of a Rocket League vibe to it as well, um, where you're basically all carrying hold of um, essentially... Uh, uh, like a football on, uh, on on the back of your car and you're trying to get it into goals. So it's got a bit of all of these hugely nostalgic and, and, and currently very, very popular games mixed into one. Interesting to see if it's going to be able to pull off any of them um, or it's going to be a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none sort of situation. Uh, saying this free battle pass thing, I'm hoping it's not a free game. I'm hoping it's an actual game you buy, but I'm, getting the vibes that this is like a free-to-play type game um we will see uh but yeah it's incredibly interesting and he definitely doesn't have the vibe of calypso that's who they're pulling their inspiration from calypso being the bad guy from twisted metal um uh primarily twisted metal world tour style they're going for but he looks more like 
the Willy Wonka from the uh, Tim Burton version of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, <laughs> which is never a good comparison to make. But yeah, he definitely looks more like that. Um, uh, with a lot more reds and shadows. Uh, yeah. So, hey, I mean, World Tour was really good. I forgot about that game. Oh, World Tour was fantastic. It was a great game. Yeah, really, really good. Like, if you haven't ever smashed down the Eiffel Tower in World Tour, you haven't lived, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that was groundbreaking. The, the, when you worked out you could take down the Eiffel Tower, man, that was so good. Uh, jumping on all, all over those uh, Paris rooftops. Great game, great game. Um, I really liked Axel just because he was a just a guy with wheels. He was the most useless man in the world, but he was always so angry. When he that was why he was so angry. He couldn't walk and he couldn't touch anything. He was just literally two massive wheels and a man in the middle. Well, there you go. There you go. Moving over to other news of other things, uh, other games that are getting uh, spiritual successes. Do you want to call them that? Earlier on in tonight's uh-huh. stream, for people out there that wasn't... Um, uh, well, actually watching in, I played the spiritual successor to a game, uh, oh, it's crazy taxi. The game was called taxi chaos and my God, so underwhelming. Like, so I, I, I'm a massive, massive, massive Sega fan, obviously. And, uh, crazy taxi is one of their big, big pillars in their tent pole without a doubt. When you're looking on, you know, the nostalgia side of things, um, they haven't exactly done too much with the franchise in recent years uh, at all, actually. Uh, mostly arcade games, which are actually good for what they are. I got quite addicted to, to Fair Wars. Um, I think that was what it's called. Um, but yeah, I got, I got quite into that. But the thing with Sega games, this is coming from a hardcore Sega fan. Um, they're not the greatest games in the world. But, and I said this on my stream earlier on, but they have so much style and they have so much... Um, uh, uh, they have so much going for them in 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 this in, in in that style that they become legendary games. Like if you compare something like the Jet Set Radio franchise to a more popular Tony Hawk's type thing, it's actually quite a flawed mechanics the way that works. Um, but so many games have tried to capture onto the Jet Set Radio style, and the same with Crazy Taxi. Like Crazy Taxi, without its music, without its narrator, and without its, it's, it's actually fantastic to control. And that game didn't get that down either. Uh, this this Taxi Chaos game didn't get that down. And you can carry on with this Space Channel Five. There's so many games that they've done, which has they, that so many games have so much style and oomph behind them. They are legendary, and this is such a terrible, terrible imitation of the Crazy Taxi formula. Firstly, it's the most boring soundtrack I've ever listened to. We are talking like the freeware stuff that you hear in the background of kids' um, unboxing videos. Really, really slow, generic YouTube music, uh, which doesn't make sense for a game called Taxi Chaos in the slightest. Oh, it's so rubbish. Uh, The controls itself, uh, they're done in a way to make them feel really easy. But because of that, they're insanely boring, insanely boring controls. I'm ripping this to parts now. Like I wasn't as bad on this when I was playing it. Um, uh, the characters themselves don't have any charm. There's one saving grace to the point where as you pick up people, they actually talk to you and there's a story. And as you pick them up later on in the game, you unlock extra chapters and you'll find out more about that person. That's quite a nice trick. I like it. I like it. it the, the voice acting themselves isn't too bad in that sense, I suppose. Um, but it, and, and, and there's no extra modes. Now, the thing with obviously I, I'm on this big rant now, but like, 
<laughs> games that came out 2000 and, and, and earlier um, are games that just would not fly these days. Uh, you know, Crazy yeah. Taxi at one point was a full price game. And if Crazy Taxi came out nowadays with all up to date graphics, blah, 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 but the same gameplay, it would not be a full price game. There's not enough meat on the bones for a game like Crazy Taxi. And it would yeah, get knocked down like in reviews because of that. Like that. Oh, for sure. It would need so much more. So, so much more. Um, you think the original Crazy Taxi, you got two worlds and I want to say six. Uh, crazy stunt like party modey type games in there it would need to be well over double that amount and this taxi chaos has even less than a game that came out back in 2000 we're talking it's got one map and maybe there's more when you unlock it but i have not found anything there's one map um and that's it and it's not a very big map um it's what a terrible game and i feel so bad because the developer sent it to me but to, to review and 35 pounds or, or, or 35 dollars even uh for this it, it, it should be seven pounds it <laughs> uh, and even then i'd be giving it the same review but yeah you want to you want to take a breather there Dan? <laughs> yeah sorry I, I was i was i was furious at how bad this game was like come on if- and and uh there's actually um quite a dodgy news story that's come from this as well oh really Yes, so we're going to have to look into this a little bit more. Um, Have we got the article here? Here we go. So when this game was first announced, there's a little teaser trailer a few months ago, whenever it was. Even though Sega are not involved in the making of this game, obviously Sega are pumping out a lot of their classic franchises to very well-selected studios. What what .mu did with uh, Streets of Rage 4 was utterly fantastic. Um what uh what other ones have you got the 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 the, the, well, the what they did with the uh, wonder boy games as well was also fantastic probably one of the best remakes you could possibly get uh for that type of game in my opinion uh you got the new space channel 5 that's happened with the vr thing that's tend- that's apparently got quite good reviews i'm still waiting to play that myself um uh, sonic mania obviously everybody loves that game so even though they weren't involved with this there was talks about them actually distributing the game in Asia. Now, the interesting thing about this is the fact that on Tuesday this week, uh, Damien McFerrin, very, very good guy over at Nintendo Life, actually put out an article here from Sega talking about this. The American retail version will be published and distributed by GS2 Games. The Euro- Sorry, this is actually Taxi Chaos saying this, sorry. The American retail version will be published and distributed by GS2 Games. The European retail version by Mindscape and the Japanese and other Asian versions will be published by Episoft and distributed by Sega. So that was coming from the Taxi Chaos guys themselves. Now, Sega have responded. Um, let's have a look, make sure I'm reading the right one. Uh, here we go. A game resembling uh, resembling uh, Sega's Crazy Taxi is currently being promoted by an external company as inaccurately reported in some news. This title and its publisher and developer have no official or unofficial support from the Sega Corporation and its in, uh, intentional divisions. We are currently investigating this situation. Sega places great value on our heritage and will uh, ceaselessly protect our intellectual property. We are also um, continuously assessing all opportunities is to remake slash reimagine our universe and bring them to the public as innovative and high quality experiences. Now, this gets me excited because I think, oh, Sega possibly bringing back ta- Crazy Taxi when in actual fact is probably going to be the game, the original game coming out again, which I'm all for because it's a fantastic game. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, get that on the Sega Ages. Yes, please. Not um, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Uh, but at the same time, I'm happy for them to do a, a crazy taxi four, you know, get someone involved and to do something like that, which would be good. But for however this news went out, when people are all talking about the fact that Sega uh, uh, potentially distributing this in Asian companies gave people like me the impression that Sega uh, uh, giving this a, an okay enough to be able to distribute it. And it got my hopes up as a hardcore Sega fan. I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there that uh, they, um, uh, got the same impression, but that's just simply not the case. Um, has Is there anything that's going to come against this company now for doing this? Um, it sounds, sounds to me like that's a distinct possibility now. It's. Uh, I was thinking that can't be legal. Mm. It's it's a very very dodgy thing to do, um, big big time because they did and and why did it take Sega so long as well to wait for the game to be released? Pretty much, I think it was like the day before it came out or the day of its release to then say, oh no, by the way, we're not associated with this. <laughs> maybe they got sent a copy. <laughs> oh right, yeah, maybe. Woo. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we we don't mind if it if it plays and looks good, um, but this is rubbish, guys. Uh, we don't want anything to do with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, unfortunately a terrible game, a very generic looking game. My God, does it look bland as bland can possibly get? Um, I'm very sorry to the people that, that that sent this to me, and I'm sure you're all very nice people that worked on this game, but the game's crap. Um, really sorry. <laughs> Um, the, the what really stands out to me every when I was watching it earlier, I was just you're absolutely right about Sega games. They're not necessarily the greatest things on the earth, but what they do, what they are, are a sum of parts. And mm-hmm. if you remove any one of those parts, it makes that game feel lifeless or just lacking in, in energy. Yeah, and I can't help but think of like the the announcer on the on Crazy Taxi, the one that goes. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. I can only imagine, oh, for sure. I can only imagine what it would sound like for this game, and I imagine it would go a little something like this: "Hey, um, come and have a seat and settle in for some lazy tax." Would you like to make some sensible money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would you like to listen to a business proposition? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> so sad. It so is. so sad and the thing is then um, uh, the same team that worked on the original crazy taxis and stuff there's there's a lot of other games like crazy taxi that came out from sega and uh, jambo safari was the name i was trying to remember earlier jambo safari i yes. went to the arcades to play that where you lasso a um like cheetahs and stuff in a car and then you've got to try and reel them in whilst being pulled along and it had full-on crazy taxi physics like there's so many games there, there was an ambulance one as well and i'm forgetting what that one was called but um yeah, yeah. The Jambo Safari came out on Wii. It's actually quite a good port as well. Yes, it did. It did. Yes, I remember that. Um, uh, but come on, Sega. Did it to yourself. Get these games up on the eShop. I think this just proves... The one thing this proves is if Sega's not going to do it, other people will. We've seen it with Sonic. We've seen it with Streets of Rage. And now we've seen it with Crazy Taxi. Time for Sega to, uh, I don't know, Pull into that big, big old bucket of ideas and come out with something of their own. So Sega the, doesn't do what Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the second video I ever made on my channel was talking about what I believe Sega should do uh, moving forward, and this is before their big resurgence of resurrecting their old games or getting other companies to resurrect their old games. And I always said. If you go back and look at that video, I said you should get hold of people like WayForward, all these really high core, hardcore established companies that make these fantastic smaller indie games. Wayforward would be amazing. Get, with uh, give WayForward, Rystar, like 
please that would be such an insanely good game what they did with things like boy on his blob um uh, most 2d games like the batman game they made for the wii the alien game they made for the ds mummy demastered for the switch like they make utterly fantastic games um uh i I said in my third ever video one day they'll make streets of rage 4 not way forward but streets of rage 4 will come and it happens like so these companies need to make these things and um Dot mu. If they don't get given Comic Zone, I'm just going to kick off uh, and have, have another little rant. But um, <laughs> yeah, like they're doing what I suggested they do in my second ever video. Maybe they listened to my video. Maybe they were a subscriber. <gasps> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe it's Maybe. all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, for Taxi Chaos. My bad. My bad. But in other, look at this too. Damn. Yeah, I know. I know. It's such a shame. It's such. It, it, it's like a, it's so lifeless. Like I've been big into Crazy Taxi since like the old arcade ones and Dreamcast, GameCube, etc. And the mobile ones, like I didn't mind those. Like I think mm. the one you mentioned, I played it for a while where you have to unlock each area of the city. And I thought that's kind of what this looked like. So I was like, oh, it'll be a nice cheap mobile port or something. Ten bucks, maybe. Went on there the other day to have a look. Forty dollars Australian. And I was like, nah, that's that's not quite it. No, it's <laughs> it's a real shame. It really is. Um Oh my god! There's, there's so little. Like I say, besides the actual incredible music and the narrator, like the actual gameplay, there's not a lot to it, and they yeah. mess it up on every level. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if one point this was a mobile game, then a big distributor um, come along and say, "Hey, let's get this on the Switch." Yeah, um, I was just thinking to myself the the one thing that we were missing from Crazy Taxi for all of these years was dialogue trees. Um, I don't think that was <laughs> <laughs> morality system. If you've got yeah. time in a crazy taxi type game to listen to someone's life story, you're, pro- it's pr- you're probably not doing it right. Yeah, like, I, I, I take it back. Yeah, you don't want to be listening to that. You want to be going, yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what you, yeah. While you got there, like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'm a hairdresser. I'm in the back seat <laughs> because you're <laughs> kidding them. You can't hear no one talking. It's just going crazy. The only time you hear people talking is like, take me to Tower Records. All right, get in. And then, boom, you don't listen to them until you drop <laughs> yeah. them off. <laughs> It's going on. Yeah, uh, so such a shame, such a shame. Lots of missed opportunity, and um, naughty you guys. Whatever miscommunication happened there, Sega are not involved, and thank God they're not. Yeah. Let's go, um, and they're also not involved in. But this does look good. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Uh, have you ever wanted to play Jet Set Radio, but just on in a pair of trainers instead? Me neither. But it does actually look quite good. Um, and, uh, yeah, essentially a spiritual successor. It's, 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 it's essentially Jet Set Radio free at this stage. Um, but for some reason they, they've taken blades off and that they can just do everything they do in Jet Set Radio, but in a pair of trainers. Um, I am it, so in. Yeah. So, so in. I mean, just seeing in the trailer, uh, just amazingly, um, they pull out a music device and mm-hmm. up comes the name that you all want to hear. Uh, yeah. All want to see when you see anything Jet Set Radio related. Hideki Naganuma, the legend. Yeah. Um, graphically, it looks like a Dreamcast game, but like smoother and sharper. Yeah, I'm just ah, oh, I'm in awe. I can't wait. Even if I do mistake the name for Bomb Funk MCs. <laughs> For sure, for sure. I mean, it's, I suppose what they're trying to do, they're trying to do Jet Set Radio with parkour. That's what it is, isn't it? But, um, uh, yeah, you got Hideki Naganuma. Um, it's, 
it's like when Shisa Rage 4 was announced and everyone's just like, whoa, is Yuzo Koshiro doing the music? And he had to put out a thing, please, people, stop messaging me. Uh, it's just like it cannot be done without him and this game cannot be done without Hideki uh, Naganuma, um, who made the incredible soundtrack. So, yeah, it's th- that man's name on... Uh, just having one track on a name sells games. Uh, for instance, I-, I reached out to a studio recently just to get a game because I knew his soundtrack his, his music was on there and the entire game was based around that same cell shaded graphics because his name was on the soundtrack is it's yeah. um it's so important it's so important. It's, that game was warp drive in case people were wondering i mean it's what we were saying before i mean sega games are sums sums of parts and you can't come out with a game that looks like jet set radio plays like jet set radio at least it looks like it does and if you miss that soundtrack it's just going to feel somewhat lifeless and wrong whereas everything just feels right here um and that's why it's something to be excited about it's mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's just trying to push that nostalgia vibe and not quite hit it it's it's very much a continuation of what you like and yeah what else is there to say apart from when can i buy it yeah i'm well up for this well up for this i need to be reaching out to this company because this looks right up my street it's just like every single review will be talking about another game jet set radio and uh jet set radio like i say it can be a slight it is a slightly flawed game in the way it feels and the way it moves around you go back and play it, you're like wow this is actually quite a stiff game um uh, you get used to it and you realise you actually you, you grow back into that style of gameplay. And I'm, I'm hoping this actually progresses on with that that style a bit more. Um, this has the potential to be a, a fantastic game. So let's see. Um, I was fooled by Taxi Chaos. Let's hope I'm not fooled here. I mean, to be fair, they've got the names on this one and everything. Uh, it should be... It sh- there's no reason why this one won't be, be able to pull it off compared to Taxi Chaos. Oh, God. It cannot fail. It must not fail. And I won't let us just support <laughs> it. And yeah, hope for the Absolutely. It reminds me of um, a mix between Jet Set Radio and a game that was actually banned in Australia not long after it came out on um, Mark Echo's Getting Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, does Sega own Gunstar Heroes get way forward to make another one of them? Whoever does, they need to get that out. It's, it's always on their compilations. That's- it's treasure to have that. <laughs> yeah. But um uh, they're, they're all on the uh, Sega compilation, so they're, they're well in each other's pockets. So there's no reason why they couldn't. So before we get to our crowdfunding of the week, normally this is the end of our uh, uh, topics here, but we're going to go for a few sh- uh, uh, quick shot news rounds here because there's quite a lot that's happened over the last couple of weeks, uh, or the last week, and uh, we're going to slap through these last news topics. So we didn't think we're quite worthy enough to talk about it at length. But let's go through. We've got the Amico delay, which is a real shame. And it's starting to raise my eyebrows a little bit for that system, which I really don't want it to because I'm very much looking forward to the Amico. Um, for people that don't know, the Intellivision Amico, this is, remind me of the guy's name. Uh, Tommy Tallarico. Tommy Tallarico, yes. Tommy Tallarico, uh, the, 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 another infamous musician from back in the day. Uh, the, the, the most infamous video game musician, Probably, actually. He's uh, worked on in an insane amount of uh, video game soundtracks over the years and uh, part of the uh, video games live that, that goes around, incredibly popular, um, uh, genuine, very, very nice guy. Regardless, he was the one that bought out uh, Intellivision. He is now the CEO of Intellivision and he's uh, basically bringing out a console, um, a new Intellivision console that's heavily focused to the same sort of target audience that the Wii was all about, you know, the big family friendly, uh, all games are going to be essentially you. 
uh, or uh, for all ages for other people from around the world and um funky controllers uh just like the wii and I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it because i love gimmicky consoles like this um if it's got five games uh, for me on now i'm all about it uh, the, the new the new earthworm gym is going to be coming exclusively to that system uh, and I'm hope, i hope it stays exclusive as well that system like that needs a game like that well unfortunately it has been delayed uh already a couple of times and now it's getting delayed again uh, it's not coming until autumn 2021 it's a real real shame i'm um very much looking forward to this system. I have got it pre-ordered on a website called Fig, I believe it's called. Yeah, um, that's the investment uh, crowdfunder, isn't it? Yes, it is. So it's kind of like Kickstarter, but you actually there's the, the the low end is you buy the system, but the most part is actually you investing into mostly indie games and projects like that. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's getting delayed. There's not really much else to say here, but it's it keeps uh, happening. There's an interesting thing about the Amico, actually, because, yeah, it's quite unfortunate that the delays happened. I mean, COVID, of course, has been is has been blamed as the factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I genuinely don't believe that there's a partic- any particular problems with the Amico, but um, I think there are. The, I think the pressure is on now, and the reason for that is because it started to appear at big retailers in the UK, uh, such as Argos. Yeah, um, yeah, you can pre-order Argos it in Argos on, yeah. down the road. <laughs> So Argos is significant for one thing, and that is because it's not a specialist gaming retail outlet. It's not. Um, it's not considered like I don't know. It's not a game. It's not. Um, it's not a game station or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So what makes that significant is because it's got full access to the families, and that's exactly where the Intellivision Amico is aimed for. And mm-hmm. if they believe in it, it means that we could be on for something somewhat successful, at least in I- the fringe. I really, really hope I, 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 I'm struggling to see to envision a world where the Amico works in the UK. It has absolutely no brand recognition. The Intellivision name, unless you know about retro gaming, I, I, I would struggle to find people that know what the Intellivision is, what that, that word means in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know, your, your parents and your grandparents know what Atari is or a Nintendo or a Sega and blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe even potentially a few other off branded ones, but in television, th- th- there's no history here in the UK with the Intel, practically no history with the Intellivision. Uh, I, I'd struggle to find people that know what this is. So I'm, I, I, I'd be interested to see what their marketing pushes in the UK. Um, I, I, it blows my mind that uh, such a small company are able to do something like this. Um, I understand they've got their, their brand recognition in the States, uh, but I'm very interested to see how this works out in the UK. And um, and I'm hoping there isn't boundaries in regards to, because everything on here, in case you don't know, uh, there, there is talk of there being an SD card-y type slot, the same way that the Switch does take cards. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Grizzly, but... Uh, it's primarily a download only system and i'm yeah. hoping there's not boundaries compared to regions like i want the american store which is going to be the biggest store for this sort of system um we'll see how it goes uh, for me this game has enough on there for me to warrant the sort of thing that i i, I want to play there's there's a, there's a new breakout game for it that sort of from the creators of bit trip beat which i adore that game obviously like i say a new earthworm gym i know going in it's not going to be as good as earthworm gym one and two um but I also know going in, it's going to crap all over from Jim 3D, um, <laughs> um, and that and that Game Boy that, game as that well. That ain't hard. I mean, um, 
Yeah, you're completely right. It is a download-only system, but I think where the Amico is different from other platforms is that all of the games are licensed for the Amico, as in yes. like, there's there's no third-party releases, at least that we're aware of. And they have to use the um, controller in a certain way. That's right. So I believe that we're going to see one of the first truly global online stores, and it's just going mm-hmm. to change by currency. So I think you'll get what you're looking for, and that's access to everything that the Amico offers. Because there's nothing to do with like region um, censorship or anything like that. So yeah, I, I mean, it's right. you take it with a grain of salt. No third party companies, um, no third party games. There's a game coming yeah. out. I can't remember the name of it, but basically, mm. when I looked at it, I was like, I recognise that game. It was basically a reskinned version of a Nintendo Switch game that I own called Fox and Forests. Um, and it was one that they demonstrated quite recently. It had a slightly different art style, but I mean, it's not exactly a revamped game because it's a game that only came out about three years ago anyway for, like I say, the Nintendo Switch. You can go and buy it. I've got it. Uh, I've got a press pack of it behind me. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's a game that's coming out. Now, if you want to say that that's a, 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 an exclusive, uh, I, I, I would say it's not. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a grey area. I'd say, like, no, that is a slightly better version of a game of the year version of that fox and forest game which which was a good game in all fairness but um i mean that doesn't bother me anyway um i i I just i think it's going to rub more people up the wrong way saying that everything on here is exclusive like well no it actually isn't it's not (laughs) um it's not but um again that sort of thing doesn't bother me it's just more the fact that i'm just very excited to seeing what this system does have to offer And, and and the way that these games like Fox and Forest are actually going to be working with the unique controllers. Uh, but then, like I say, just take it with a grain of salt. It's not going to be any different than the fact that Tomb Raider for the PlayStation 4 has a little PSVR section, so that makes that version exclusive. I don't think so. There you I'm, go. Into, I'm into it for one thing, and that's Mr. Tommy Tallarico himself. His yeah, this thing is infectious. And it it's is. well worth watching a few of his videos. Sure, he's a bit biased. And if you mention his name three times, um, then he, he will turn in up. The YouTube comments. I would um, be not go and have a game, guys. He's probably going to comment on this uh, uh, video when it pops up on my uh, second channel. He comes up. He's been on my second channel in the past, and we've brought it up. <laughs> and he's 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 a great guy. Completely me- measured response. Um, yeah, and he's, he's responsible for some of the greatest music in video games. So he really is. He really is at some point in some form. He is just like we're talking about Yuzo Koshiro, uh, uh, Hadeki Naganuma. I would I would put this man up there with them. Uh, he is an absolute legend of video game history. There is no shadow of a doubt. And uh, if Yuzo Koshiro is releasing a console, I'd buy that too. <laughs> you know, oh, Yuzo, go on, buy the buy the rights to release a Sega console. I'd buy it. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy it. I, I said everyone was kicking off about the Atari thing behind me, and I understand it. And I said, to be fair, guys, if I had a system and I turned it on and it said Sega on it, I, I, I wouldn't need any games after that. <laughs> I'd be happy. You know? It could just be a console that you press a button, and all it does is that Sega. Sega. And then be like, oh, it's ah. okay, guys. You can turn it off now. Press reset. Press reset. Just do it a few more times. Two more times. Two more times. That is it. Um, <laughs> oh, that got strange. Let's move on to um, the uh, Stadia firing developers so that they can't fix their own uh, games. What? <laughs> so what this- an absolute dumpster fire! Yeah, yeah. Take, take, take the floor. 
So this has to be one of my favourite Kotaku headlines ever. Mm-hmm. And that God. is, Stadia developers can't fix the bugs in their own game because Google fired them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let that one sink in for a moment. So there's a game exclusive to Stadia. They don't have very many of those, remember? Oh, it's mm-hmm. been patched. There's been an update since. Yeah. So I uh, put this together, but... Uh, Typhon Studios, the guys behind Journey to the Savage Planet, um, was approached by a customer in the customer service form. um, And the customer was asking, oh, I experienced some crashing in this game. Um, Is there a patch on the way? And the response was, well, we actually don't work for Stadia anymore because we were all laid off. Uh, The assets and the game is owned by Google. Ask them. Now... Yeah, so more up- an update that's actually happened since we've put these topics together. Um, it's apparently been fat- patched. But the fact that the developers didn't notice themselves, this is what I would expect from a small company like Tommy Tallarico's in television or the uh, like an Ouya or something along those lines. Not Google. <laughs> yeah. Google. It's nuts. Absolutely it's nuts. Like- it's kind of stuff I think of whenever there's like some big thing where it's like games are going digital only soon. Like there won't be any more retail, like mm-hmm. stuff like this. That's scary. Yeah. Especially considering that in on any PC release or even some console releases, the fans themselves can fix the game in some form, you know, just by running some diagnostics or trying out a patch or checking something in the DLL file or the registry file. But in this case, because it's on a PC thousands of miles away you're literally stuffed with a game that doesn't work um uh, this is the future guys this is the future that um digital uh digital fans wanted uh this is very much going to happen the the future of digital content is looming and this is what it looks like uh, so get used to it unfortunately um but yeah that's pretty much it absolutely absolutely Moving over to the next topic, and this is this is one that uh, pulls on the old heartstrings for me, being a hardcore Sega, especially the a Mega Drive fan. Sonic the Hedgehog Two. I don't need to tell anyone here is one of the greatest games ever made, bar none. Uh, sorry, Amstrad fans that are currently raiding me, but it is. And um, yeah, uh, the Sonic 2's music is appearing in the Sonic Two movie, uh, which. I suppose it makes sense on a retrospective point of view, but um, the, the original Dreams Come True composer is saying it is a literally dream come true uh, for him. So that's incredible. That's incredible. That's just a, one of those, ah, oh, isn't that nice um, yeah. kind, of, uh, kind of articles? But I did get a little uh, giddy thrill when I heard Emerald Hill Zone come up in that teaser trailer. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether... <laughs> They go a bit more towards the games in Sonic 2. I'm really excited for that movie, and I shouldn't be. I should be scared and panicking, and but no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm well in, especially after Jim Carrey's first performance in the first. Yeah. One of the most things I'm surprised about is the fact that, um, yes, my son was actually the person that said, there's a Sonic 2 trailer, because obviously me and my son went to go watch that Sonic trailer, uh, the original Sonic movie, and it was a big father-son movement. And I was just like, oh, mate, it's, it's just the logo, but that's cool, isn't it? And then I was like, ah, I played that again. I turned the volume up. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, oh, my God. And I was just so happy. So, so happy listening to that music. It's at the same time when I watched Wreck-It Ralph. And I enjoyed the Wreck-It Ralph movie. And we said about this in the last podcast, I think. Um, when the uh, credits went up and you saw Chemical Plant Zone, I 
flipped out in the cinema. <laughs> I would not want to be dating me if I was my wife then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> next to me, I was going, I was nerding out. So, yeah, it's just an exciting thing to have that music in the uh, Sonic 2 uh, movie. It, it shows that they're, they're doing it right. They're doing it right. I hope I hope they continue on down the same path they did with that first movie because that first movie it didn't harm anyone. It was just a good, lovable, awesome video game movie. It really was. The- I'm, I'm really hoping they had like the Robotnik sort of um boss theme sort of like nostalgia me hardcore in a cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a few moments um, where I got really, really excited. There was. And the music does it. And like I, said, I was saying earlier, like um, Hideki Naganuma for the Jet Set Radio and obviously Offspring with the Crazy Taxi soundtrack, like they, they know music. And it's obviously the Sonic franchise, so what you want about the 3D games, but they still get the music right. And, um, and they always have, always have, even since like Sonic 1. Um, and right at the beginning, I was like, are they going to do the Sega? But they had done it in like sort of um, orchestral sound. And I was like, oh, that was enough. It gave me chills and it was so so good uh and they actually played a little bit of the music from sonic mania on um as they look it was from the trailer of sonic mania and uh, as they looked over the scope of i'm assuming what it was green hill green hill zone not green hills uh and that was incredible as well uh and they, they, they yeah bring it on bring it one on it's so one so of my good favorite things about the movie was um the opening crawl of course they had that marvel comics style thing where they showed all yeah. of the different Sega games and they're all retro. <laughs> it was fantastic. Like I saw Golden Axe there, Streets of Rage there, and I was just thinking, I want that film, I want that film, I want that film. If this is good, I want all of it. Just give me more. Yeah, so. it's great. So here, here's a little quote from the uh, composer himself uh, talking about Sonic 2 music in the Sonic 2 uh, teaser. When I composed the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, I tried to write a soundtrack for the movie. I imagined the game like a movie. After 30 years later, my music for the game becomes a part of the movie soundtrack of Sonic the Hedgehog. Literally, it's a dream comes true. (laughs) Oh, isn't that lovely? That's what we need, some good, positive news right there. And moving on to some not-so-positive news, we're going to be talking about our crowdfunder link of the week, which isn't one... Normally, these are ones that we suggest you go and look at. Um, and if you want something to go and look at, how about uh, there's a board game? I'll find it for you in one moment. But right now, we're going to be talking about something you... Well, I'm glad I didn't back, put it that way. Um, Paprium. Paprium has entered our news once again. Grizzly, take the floor of this one, mate. Right. So this one's a bit of a doozy. So... Um, Fonzie um, is the gentleman that runs Watermelon Games. Uh, e. Watermelon Games. Sorry? E. E. Oh, Fonzie. Not, e. not, not, not that Fonzie, <laughs> no. Um, it's a French gentleman who runs a studio called Watermelon Games. Uh, what mm-hmm. they're good at is, re- is releasing um, homebrew titles, um, which basically are like brand new retro games uh, for the Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, they believe they've been working on some Dreamcast, Super Famicom and the like. Um, to say this guy is a bit eccentric is under uh, undercooking it slightly. Yes. Um, but the, the, the general history of Paprium is, is that the game was originally re- going to be penned to be released back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up very much in the the vein of Streets of Rage, but the idea of this is it's going to be like a brand new AAA release 
It's going to have the the largest megabit cartridge you can get for the Mega Drive, and everything is custom made, including the hardware that the cartridge runs on. You can't get a ROM for this. It runs specifically on that cartridge. Yeah, so, I, I wish I could get a ROM for it. I, I I'd be very tempted to try it, but from what I've seen, the game doesn't really stand out as being anything particularly special. It just feels like one of those homebrew titles that you go, oh yeah, that's cool. But if it was released back in the day, it'd be pretty standard. So the, the, the thing is about this is that it took an extra six years for the game to surface. And back in early 2021, um, the game actually started landing on people's doorsteps. Just people had pretty much forgotten about and kind of given up on the idea of ever seeing this title. But here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah really- it, got, it came out. Yeah. Um, so now uh, Fonzie has released a communique du Pressy, um, which talks about um, his supposed poor treatment from the likes of PayPal and Amazon. And I think the easiest way to explain this is just to simply read it. Um, so since the announcement and release of Paprium, we have been under relentless attacks from a few individuals who work day and night to have us fail. This has a name, hate. Envy, stupidity. Unfortunately, combined with the cowardice, that's the, um, I'm, I'm saying it as it's written, way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or opportunity of the biggest internet actors, their actions managed to get our funds once again seized, making Paprium the biggest game ever developed, manufactured, and distributed for free. I think Epic Games might be um, arguing about that one, but we'll, we'll mm-hmm. keep going. We have continuously, over the last 12 years, manufactured and delivered, always exceeding expectations. We defined and shaped our own market with quality and although retro, innovative products. Pierre Solaire was okay. Yeah, we get it. Many unmatched even a decade later. Each of our games released our new milestones in the retro gaming industry. Hmm. However, with the rise of management by bots, political correctness, quantum computing fabrication... Design over function and digital fart ownership. His words, not mine. It's combined. Uh, it's com- nuts. Combined <laughs> with the recent taste for mediocrity from various worldwide monopolistic internet actors such as PayPal, Amazon, and Google, it seems harder, if not impossible, for companies of our size to get paid for our work. Wow. That is quite a stanza. Um, he, he, he's nuts. Have you ever read the actual manual for this Paprium, uh, Paprium, Paprium thing? In, in the words of warning, uh, after he talks about how important it is to use a, a proper CRT, which is fair enough, you know, it's, it's you know, classic. He's saying if you use it on uh, one of your, if you assume your PS4's flat screen is a good fit, most PS4 games run at half interlaced frame rates. So uh, it's it's literally words he says in the uh, in the actual manual. Yeah. Two, He's- make sure you use an original Mega Drive or Sega Genesis system. The game pushes the hardware and will underperform on clones and uh, other freshly molded turds. The game is best played with six button controls. These, like, this is inside a product that you've just spent well over £100 to get. It's, mate, grow up. Do you know what's really funny as well? Uh, the Mega SG, uh, which previously could not run Paprium, can now run Paprium. So it kind of flies in the face that... He tried to do something to that cartridge to make it incompatible, but now it's working. So that kind of, yeah, what was the point? Um, lastly, so about the whole situation, what's been, what's happening is he feels like he's been wronged. Uh, as a result, he's throwing what I would consider his toys out of his pram. Uh, there's a long history that we just can't talk 
can't keep talking about this guy because it's a mess. It's the simple way to put it. It's such but a shame. He- as well. it, did, it didn't need to be. It, what they've managed to do is is impressive for what they were going for. It's obviously, you know, it doesn't work on certain systems and everything else. It's just, you know, um, uh, an unfortunate oversight in, in, in uh, now it's released. But what they've done is impressive. It's it's the way it's being handled is the the messy part of all of this. Yeah. It's like a, and- I first saw this um, pop up. I think it was on their Facebook the other day when I woke up and it was like hashtag locusts and people being like, Hey, can I have my money back? And they're like, he said, contact PayPal. They are the enemy. And I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, of course, he's selling off all of his IP, all of his hardware molds and all of that. So it sounds to me like he just wants out. And after spending a good, you know, eight years trying to deliver a game for the mega drive, I think maybe that's the best move he can hope for. But, you know, we'll see how it goes for people still waiting for their copies of Patreon. Oh, and uh, I imagine, was it Pico going to be jumping in? They, they, they like buying these uh, these IPs of these sort of things, don't they? Oh, yeah, they sh- he should just license it to the Evercade. It'll run and blast them, no problem, surely. Yeah, needs to get on that. God, that needs to happen, actually, doesn't it? Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you ima- oh, how painful would that be, though, to all those people that have just spent 100 and... 200 quid practically to get Patreon or Patreon working on uh, a working game and then it comes out for 15 quid on the effort gate <laughs> and then punch in the nuts the punch in the nuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> just so bad that's the thing like as big as he talks about Patreon being this hardware innovation for the retro gaming industry we still saw like ps4 versions of ps solar um loads of different retro collections and things releasing that game on other platforms as as much as he's trying to talk big about Paprium being this big milestone, it's gonna it's gonna end up on something else because you need that cash, surely. It's so. got to. It's got to. I mean, it might not. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's such a weird situation. It really is. It really is. There you go. <sighs> We're at the end. <laughs> ah, that, was, uh, that was a long episode. Uh, for- that was a long episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Slopes Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 25th of February 2021. If you want to listen in live, the next recorded episode will be on the 4th of March 2021 over on twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 10pm UK time and 2pm Pacific Standard Time. And as stated, if you would like to be on a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And finally, if you have any news stories for me then feel free to drop them in the dedicated room on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time